0: Good afternoon, and welcome back to the Legacy Wealth Show here on 580 AM, 107.5 FM. I'm your host, Brian Crane, and glad to be with you guys on this beautiful summer afternoon. Hope your summer's coming to a great end as we transition to fall. And as always, we're here, Legacy Wealth sharing institutional advantages for the everyday investor. Our firm specializes and loves discussing how you can implement institutional principles, institutional strategies as an everyday investor. You know, when we look at what are some of the biggest endowments, family offices, and pensions doing when it comes to their world of finance, it's a lot more deep than just a 60-40 stock bond split portfolio. And we love bringing on guests to discuss ideas outside of just that 60-40 strategy. And if you go back Visit our website, LegacyWealthMG.com slash radio, or go to your favorite podcast platform, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and search our show, The Legacy Wealth Show. You'll see we have a ton of ideas and have brought in some pretty phenomenal guests to discuss these institutional principles and discuss topics around real estate, private equity, tax strategies, oil and gas a wide variety of different topics. There are a lot of people out there talking about just the public markets, You know, what are geopolitical things doing in today's market? What are the top headlines? We've left that to the other talking points. That is not our discussion point here on the show, but rather we're bringing institutional principles for the everyday investor. And today's guest is as impressive as they come. DJ Van Kuren of Evergreen Property Partners will be joining us to discuss real estate and how to implement institutional real estate ideas into investing. And DJ, we appreciate you coming on the show. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing good. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Well, we appreciate it. I know this has been a little bit of a I may use the word fire drill. We I barely met you just last week or so. Uh Legacy is going to be hosting a, a pretty awesome presentation where, you know, you're going to be showing a, an opportunity in, in the cold storage space for, for a certain accredited investors. But, um, you know, when I had first met you, I was just really, really impressed with your resume and, you know, loved your messaging about institutional real estate and, you know, how do people invest alongside institutions, especially at the general partner level, but, for our audience today, give us a little bit of, you know, your background. What have you done with, with your career, your education, and kind of where you're at now?
1: Yeah, sure. So back in the 90s, I was an advisor. Uh, I sold that practice, uh, went to Asia for a number of years on a business, came back and, and said, what do I want to do? And this was back in 03. And I said, real estate. So what I did is I raised some private funds. I put together what was going to be the first single family REIT. Uh, Little did I know I was about 10 years ahead of the curve, but I did see a downturn coming. And um, because of that, I ended up selling the portfolio. I went back to graduate school at Harvard. And then when I graduated, uh, I started working with a number of developers. Uh, We were rolling out with one developer, uh, active adult communities. And then also um, I was brought in as a part of a small team for one of the largest developers out of Mumbai and I was in New York at the time. And we were, um, buying, um, luxury hotels and condos in the city between 75 and $450 million. So structuring those transactions. And then I moved out to, uh, Denver and that's when I fell into the family office space. So over the last six years or so, I've, um, I've been able to work with some pretty prominent families. Um, one that maybe listeners have heard of before is like the Hayman family, Giorgio Perfume, Georgie Beverly Hills. And along those lines, when I started in the family office space, I also realized that there was a huge need for education. And uh, so I, we uh, put together the, the family office real estate magazine. and And now there's an institute that I was asked from one of the universities to put together family office real estate investing. And, and over that time I've had the ability, you know, I've worked with Goldman Sachs, Carlisle, Apollo on the institutional side. Um, but I've also been fortunate to work on the retail side back in the nineties with some registered investment advisors, families, obviously, and then institutions, like I said, and there's definitely a difference between all four of those. Uh, and, um, so I've been able to utilize that experience and and really understand that institutional component that can be beneficial for so many investors.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, as you kind of lay out a little bit of your experience resume, it is long and deep. And you and I could probably have an episode by itself just on those four yeah. different areas of focus with, you know, institutions, yeah. the RIAs, the the family offices, and a lot we could uh, right. dive dive deep in there. But I'm going to, I'm going to back up a little bit. You would, you were an advisor, you had sold your practice, went overseas, came back, uh, went to Harvard. And then it seems like at this point, that's really when you honed in and really wanted yeah. to focus on real estate. Correct. What, what brought you to that point? Or what was it that you were seeing um, or or studying or kind of forecasting that you're like, Hey, this is where I want to focus.
1: You know, it, it really happened when I was in Asia trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And and so it really goes back to 03. And, you know, with real estate, it's something that I had an interest in in the 90s. You know, I'd bought some properties myself, but one of the best things uh, in relation to real estate, unlike you have in, you know, stocks and bonds, for example, is that it's tangible, it's something that you can see, you can feel, you can touch, you know, when a change is made, it's visible, right? You put pain on a wall and instantly you're seeing results. And, you know, that part of real estate, um, is an area that creates that, um, you know, gratification, I guess, and, and really see what's happening. The other thing too, is that it's a, it's a hard asset. It's not going anywhere. And, the second greatest area of wealth creation in families outside of where they created their initial wealth is in real estate and 22% of a portfolio for family offices anyway, are, are put into real estate. And so it's just, um, it's that tangible part. That's really where it all started and the wealth that you can create from real estate alone.
0: Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you sharing that because, there's so many areas out there to focus on. I mean, we've brought in a whole slew of guests around, you know, different private equity. We've had people talk about some of the the public markets with with structured products. And, you know, we've had people discuss oil and gas and several uh, other real estate people on. But as I look around and, you know, oftentimes people of pretty significant wealth, there's two things in common, business owners and real estate. Like, very rarely do you see those things non-existent within within their portfolio. Correct.
1: Even if it's their personal residence, right?
0: Right. And, you know, you've talked about um, a lot of your experience, you know, in, in the groups you've worked with and a lot of the real estate sectors you've been in. I know you had mentioned you'd wanted to start a single-family REIT and, and be the first single-family REIT. And then, you know, you talked about raising capital for – for luxury style hotels. And you had named some pretty, pretty notable groups with, you know, Apollo and Blackstone. And, you know, if we were to read headlines or tabloids, I mean, people will recognize those are, those are pretty prominent names, but I kind of want to bring it back a little bit for, for listeners, you know, someone that's a business owner, someone that's living here in Boise, Idaho, someone that's, you know, has never really dabbled in institutional real estate, you know, they've maybe owned a rental property, or they've gone in on a, another rental with, with the private partner or something, but for someone that's never gotten into the, how do I invest in real estate without being the landlord, um, type of situation, where do you think those people should begin or questions they should begin asking themselves or, or asking their advisors as they learn about that there are more opportunities out there other than just having to buy, you know, the local, um, Three bedroom, two bath, house down the street.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I, I think that there's um there's two ways that that people really need to go about it and, and to say, look, where is there an area of expertise, right? You you talk about business owners. Business owners have been for the last, you know, thirty, forty years they could be working in the same business, you know, maybe it's a tire business, maybe it's a chemical business. And I bet that if you ask them questions in their specific industry, that you're, they're going to tell you right away, right? You could say, Hey, I'm looking at this, uh, you know, widget company. And if they had been in widgets, they're going to just start spouting stuff off. It's the same thing. um, When you're investing in real estate and also when you're just investing in general, you really need to find somebody that has that expertise, that has a track record that can be there and you know that they've gone through the ups and the downs. They've been through recessions, right? And um, they know how to handle that and you know what to do. Uh, especially in real estate, because real estate runs in, in cycles on average 18 and a half years and you can actually go back 250 years in the UK, in Australia, and the US, that it proves its its point. So, you know, first and foremost, you need to look at the track record and, and who it is that you're you're going to be um, investing with because they are managers. They are stewards of your capital, you know, and that's just in one segment. Now you talk about like what you guys do and, you know, in some cases that could be even more, that's even more important because you're looking at a holistic portfolio, right? How do you, how do you diversify where you're going to put money how are you going to invest that capital? And so you need to make sure that you've got good stewards of that capital. And it's the same thing in real estate. And when you have the ability to invest outside your area, and you can do that in a portfolio perspective to diversify your risk, then you definitely want to take advantage of that as well.
0: Yeah, we talk about diversification a lot with with some of our clients from the endowment standpoint, because I think, you know, people hear diversification, they go, oh, well, all be split up amongst five Vanguard funds or, you know, five fidelity funds or whatnot. And, you know, if you were mm-hmm. to open up those funds and look, they may all be allocated to the same stocks and you realize that your five mm-hmm. positions are, are owning the same thing, but with, with true diversification, looking at different asset classes. So, you know, you have slivers of real estate, you have slivers of private debt, you have slivers of private equity, commodities, foreign equity and in, and other things. And, you know, real estate has a pretty important component to play into that. And so, one thing you enjoy—I know you've written a book—and I'd I'd like to hear more about your book here. And you know, we'd like to give away your book on the show, but um, we can maybe talk about that in a minute. But when it comes to diversification for someone's portfolio, and you know, you've worked with family offices that are looking at this, you know, religiously and saying, you know, how can we be diversified and what are these different asset classes doing for us, and you know what components and what strengths are they adding? Where do you see real estate playing a role in the overall portfolio, and what strengths do you see it adding to to someone's holistic view?
1: yeah, so that's a that's a good question. I mean, real estate over the years have become an actual um asset class, right. Um, before it was utilized to, to offset and, and to help stabilize other areas of investing like a, like a stock portfolio. And today, real estate, there's so many things that real estate offer that a lot of times people aren't even aware of it. And, you know, we talk about returns, right? We talk about the solid asset. And there's two different, three different things that can come off of real estate as well, which is very important. And the first is, you know, you can get cash flow. You can get cash flow from real estate, which is much better than what you're going to get, you know, if you go to the bank, et cetera, right? So you can have a cash flowing component of it. You can have an appreciation component of that in order to, you know, have that growth. And that that, uh, appreciation is actually sheltered. And there's ways that you can... Once a property is sold, you can go into another property by deferring that capital, which will provide another five-six percent return on your monies. Um, and then you have the tax benefits that nobody even really talks about. Where a lot of times you can offset any cash flow um, from any of the tax advantages. That's you know re, re, that's uh, um, everything from writing off uh, interest on a mortgage to depreciation. If there's work being done inside the property, there's what's called cost segregation, which allows you to have additional um, you know, benefits. And so all those areas alone are helping from a holistic perspective in a portfolio. Now, what kinds of properties, it depends on if you are looking for income or if you're looking for the appreciation. And um, for families, anyway, the, the primary areas that they look is just like Boise, right? Great market growing, the Nashville, a Denver, uh, Salt Lake City, a um, Dallas. And those, uh, a lot of the secondary markets is a great place to be. You're going to get uh, a better return. And um, also, you know, the different property types. So, right now, two of the greatest areas where there's opportunities are in the industrial sector and the multifamily sector. And, um, you know, I'd even follow that behind with some of the single family rentals.
0: Yeah. A lot of, a lot of growth here. I mean, we're no, we're, we're no strangers to the, you know, what, what's happened within the Boise market. And, you know, you list some of those other markets and if anyone were to go out there and see what is happening out there, I mean, that de- definite, definite growth. So um, I kind of want to come back. We, we mentioned it before, there can be a lot that needs to go in is someone looks outside of themselves and says, "Okay, I want to be a real estate investor. I want to look at, you know, doing it like the institutions and going in on maybe different private projects and going into different sectors, maybe hospitality, industrial, multifamily, outside of just a single family resident." You know, you enjoy educating people, letting them know what needs to be known as as you're going into this. And you've written a book, correct? Correct. Um, yeah. Could you kind of share a little bit more what the name of the book is, what what it's about, and then I'll I'll share the number. Guests can text in, and you know we'll offer a free few copies for the first people to text in.
1: Sure, by all means. So, um, back about four years ago, five years ago, I wrote the Family Office um, Guide to Investing in in Real Estate, Commercial Real Estate. And it, it's really a lot of fundamentals. It goes into what's a cap rate, right? What are the different property types? What do you look for? You know, what are the various types of loans um, and, and the investments, right? That are that you can really take a look at. It's not a big book. It's a pretty small book, but it's really fundamental, which is extremely important. And that that's important for a couple of reasons. And, and one is from what I said before, where you've got people that understand certain industries, but they don't necessarily understand private equity, real estate, venture capital, right? And even if you do understand venture capital, it even gets deeper than that, which is, okay, maybe it's healthcare venture capital, right? And people spend their whole career doing that and and looking into into, uh, one area. So this is a book that's, you know, really gives a good baseline Um, on those fundamentals in which you can, you know, go off of.
0: Awesome. And if you want that book, text 208-955-8243 to receive your free copy of the Family Office Guide to Commercial Real Estate by DJ. Again, text 208-955-8243. Get your free copy here on the Legacy Wealth Show. And DJ, we really appreciate you being able to to offer that as an education for investors, because, you know, we're big proponents of that's where the process begins, you know, try and understand what, what are you getting into? What, what am I investing? I mean, a lot of mutual funds out there, people are just kind of putting money, not really knowing where, where things are going. And, you know, my time here working at legacy, that's one thing I've really enjoyed is when it comes to opportunities, we're able to provide clients and, be able to share with clients and things that are open and available, whether it be within the real estate or within the private equity world is we can bring on managers like yourself and just offer a ton of education and people can talk directly with those who are putting their money to work. You know, if, you know, I know you guys are working on real estate projects and as you're you know, raising capital and and whatnot, you know, you're available to talk directly to investors and let them know about what the plan is and, you know, what to try to set as a precedent of these are expectations and this is what we're trying to work toward. And that's just one of the reasons I like, uh, the private markets. And I, I feel like a lot of higher end clients can relate to with as well because they want to know where, where money's going to work.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the great things about what you guys do is that you do have these alternative investment opportunities And that area has grown. And that includes, like you said, oil and gas, right? Some of the other types of investments and and which makes a huge difference when you're able to work with somebody that can do that because it does provide unique opportunities and, you know, potential for higher rates returns and and like the mutual funds and, and stuff that you talk, talk about. And once again, like I said before, I mean, there's no tangibility with mutual funds where on real estate there is. Um, and so, yeah, it makes a um, it makes a big difference, you know, for those different um, unique opportunities that you guys can can use, and um, for your for clients to invest into. And um, anytime you can have an institutional component to that, investors are even better off.
0: Well, we appreciate that. And again, if you want that free book, the Family Office Guide to Commercial Real Estate Investing, text two zero eight nine five five eight, two, four, three DJ. We only have about five minutes left and I feel like the, the show has just flown by. We ought to have you on again sometime. Cause there's just so much we, we could go into and so many different, you know, rabbit holes to open up and, and delve real estate is so broad. But, um, what I was most impressed with when I first met you, and I think a lot of people would resonate well with as well is when you're investing alongside family offices, or alongside mm-hmm. institutions. There's just a lot of advantages for investors. And mm-hmm. you know, for people that may not be with familiar with, you know, what does what is a family office or what what is institutional investing necessarily mean? Could you kind of because I know you explained that a little bit to me on on our first call, but could you kind of dive into that a little bit more of those advantages of when you're getting into private deals alongside institutions and family offices and when you're getting the terms of general partners that there's just you know advantages you don't see on on other things out there
1: yeah so so and and that's a good question and this is really 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 important you know one of the biggest issues that I've come across with families that invest and want to invest whether it's into deals themselves in real estate or they want to invest with some type of a sponsor or manager that's buying the real estate is that, um, the due diligence that really needs to go into this is, is much greater than people realize. I mean, it's, it's, there's so much to it. And a lot of times that gets overlooked. And when you invest, you know, when you look at an institution, institutions are investing on behalf of endowments, foundations, um, you've got the insurance companies, and then also pension plans. And the liability for institutions and institutional investors that are investing this um, type of money is they have a significant uh, fiduciary responsibility. And what that means is that they are not going to uh, take on risks that they feel could come back and haunt their investors, right? Because these are monies that People are needing for a long, long time to do good, but also, you know, to go into their retirement, et cetera. So what institutions will do is they'll, they'll bring in some of the top analysts and top people to look through these various opportunities. And they don't make mistakes, you know, typically. They, they've they got to make really, really, really good de- decisions. And the due diligence that they go into is so far and away the average even analysts that will go into, you know, coming from an institutional background, myself, my partner, we do that kind of due diligence ourselves. But when an institution is going to invest then, and you have the ability to invest next to an institution, you're able to piggyback on their research, their understanding, their due diligence, their history. And that doesn't happen necessarily all the time. And one of the things that, and I'll give you an example, one of the things that we've done is that we've got a, uh, an institutional co-GP opportunity into, into industrial cold storage. And there's a huge demand right now for that uh, from our research internally, where 78% of all the industrial cold storage facilities are out of date. The average age is 47 years old, wow. and then COVID really sped up that process for the demand for these, you know, cold storage facilities, which primarily have a lot of food, um, but they also have the vaccines. They've also got flowers, etc. So we were able to structure a co-GP uh, investment opportunity, which has two benefits. One is you're investing next to an institutional investor and, you know, they're bringing in 23 million each deal. The GPs investors, which we run are bringing in, only 10% of the equity that's needed, so $2 million per transaction. And um, that not only allows you to have be able to invest next to an institution, but also get GP economics. So that means that not only are you getting returns at the property itself, but you're also getting returns as a general partner. And so if a project was getting, you know, 26%, then as a GP investor, you're really at the 34, 35% returns. They don't come up all the time. They're hard to come by, but when you can, you want to piggyback off the institution. And that's a way to mitigate risk by having somebody of that caliber doing the due diligence on what you invest into.
0: No, I I appreciate you sharing that and want to make people aware to look out for opportunities like that and to, you know, maybe start looking for when those things become available, because really the structure and who you're going alongside with when it comes to investing or certain projects, private opportunities you're looking at can have a huge effect, like you had mentioned, on the outcomes and, you know, what what returns may look like. So, unfortunately...
1: the one thing I do want to add, I want to add two things. One is really quick. I know we got to go is that in our situation, the investors that are at the GP level with us, our family offices, um, many are worth 250 million or more. And it gives the ability for people to invest next to other, you know, similar um, people that have had success in their business or whatever. And, um, you know, that's a big thing, too, because when you can invest amongst others that have been successful in the past, they've been successful for a reason. Um, lastly, all I'm going to say is that one of the benefits of, of the institution, too, is their framework and their knowledge, like I said. And that's the biggest thing that I've noticed in the uh, that I notice in the RIA space is that when you have the ability to work with a firm that um, is very good, like you guys. You want to piggyback on all that knowledge, expertise, due diligence, um, because that's going to make a significant difference in inve- for investors, you know, as they go forward.
0: Well, we appreciate, you know, that those thoughts and um, the high praise for us. So it's one of those things, the more experience you accumulate, you've seen more things come across your desk. You've seen what's made deals go well. You've seen what made deals go bad. You kind of understand what questions to be asking and so due diligence, extremely critical. But unfortunately, have to end today's show, DJ. We appreciate your time, especially I know you're traveling um, this time of the week and just really appreciate you making some time for us. And I hopefully we can have you on again soon and, and kind of dive deeper. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. And we appreciate everyone listening today here on the Legacy Well Show. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you here next week on the Legacy Wealth Show.